Amen and amen. <laughs> Good morning, Central Park Baptist Church. Good morning. How are we doing this morning? We're doing all right? Amen. Amen. I'm already excited. Amen. We're excited to be here this morning. Uh, at <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you're able to rise. We'd like for you to join us in singing hymn 614. Hymn 614 is our opening hymn. Then we'll have a, a word of prayer. Uh, hymn 614. Sing along. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. With my mouth, with my mouth, will I make known thy faithfulness, thy faithfulness. With my mouth, will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing, I will sing, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Father, just um, we thank you, Lord, for this ability to come here and worship you, Lord. We just love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you're able to uh, turn with us to hymn 526, hymn 526, bring them in. Looks like we have a lot in uh, this morning. Amen. So someone's, uh, someone's doing the job. Bring them in. Hymn 526. We'll do all verses. Bring them in. Five twenty-six, sing along. Our heart is the shepherd's voice. I hear out in the desert, dark and drear, calling the sheep who've gone astray, far from the shepherd's fold away. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Who will go and help this shepherd kind, help him the wandering one. Who will bring the lost one to the fold, where they'll be sheltered from the cold. I'll bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Out in the desert, hear their cry, out on the mountains wild and high. 
heart. Tis the master speaks to thee. Go find my sheep wherever they be. Bring them in, bring them in, bring them in from the fields of sin. Bring them in, bring them in, bring the wandering ones to Jesus. Amen. And why do we want to bring them in? Because Jesus saves. Amen. Him three to five. Him three to five. Him three twenty five. Jesus saves. Here we go. All we have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Ladies only. Verse 2. Ladies only. Ladies. Men, verse 3. Sing above the battle strife. Jesus saved, Jesus saved by his death and endless life. Jesus saved, Jesus saved. Sing it softly through the gloom when the heart for mercy craves. Sing and try for the Save everyone. Last verse. Give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus save. Jesus save. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus save. Jesus save. Shout salvation full and free. Highest hills and deepest caves. This is our song of victory. Jesus saved. Jesus saved. Amen. Amen. I tell you what, the world needs to hear that. Amen. I tell you what, let's, you, you did, I like to hear you sing. Let's go back and do that last verse one more time, all right? Now, when we sing it this time, sing it like you mean it. Amen? Amen. Here we go. Amen. I give the winds a mighty voice. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Let the nations now rejoice. Jesus saves. Jesus saves. Shout salvation full and free. Highest hills and deepest caves. This our song of victory. Jesus. 
not true. <laughs> Pastors often hear more complaints, and uh, but they're more ready to hear compliments. But often, more often than not, uh, pastors hear a lot of uh, complaints. And uh, healthy pastors can live without a lot of compliments, or at least they should be able to. But the reality is that pastors often hear more negative than they do positive feedback. So we really need to appreciate our pastor for that. Uh, pastors have to say no because they love the sheep. They love, the, they love the, the congregation. They love their people. Pastors have families and lives, too. And sometimes they have to say no in order to be a good dad, a good husband, or um, a good friend. So when a pastor says no to a, a church event, uh, it shouldn't be received as some indication that the pastor does not love the sheep, but as a protective measure for the greater good of the church body. Amen? Amen. Okay, woo, we got kind of quiet on that one. Okay, we love our church events, Brother Schultz. Okay. Uh, a pastor's family, they feel the weight of the, the role of pastor. All right? Pastor families are well aware of what they do, even the youngest member of the family can feel the weight of, uh, of a pastor who's, who's called to be a pastor. Um, so we need to be mindful of that as well. Um, eating well, exercising, and sleeping well is very hard to do for a pastor. Uh, <laughs> pastors are often selfless to a fault because they're more quickly to serve someone else and to wait on someone else than they are to take care of themselves. And so while it may sound nice to to be to, to be a pastor and think it's you know it's, it's good to be selfless and to think of others. There should be a, a balance that is practiced as well. Amen, amen. Many pastors are professional extroverts. Pastors have to do a lot of deep thinking and study. Uh, pastors uh, oftentimes need to, to have some alone time, and when they do, they they actually love it. <laughs> it gives them a chance to just be al alone with the Lord. Um, pastors know that they could get paid more doing something else, all right? But pastors don't want to. Having a calling is more than a feeling. Pastors grapple with that reality Amen. every day. Amen? Amen. Spiritual warfare is a way of life. The devil hates all Christians. Spiritual warfare is just a part of an occupational hazard of what a pastor has to go through. Amen? Amen. Uh, pastors have... Um, you know, their own trials that they have to go through and that they're always fighting. So we always need to be in prayer for our pastor. Amen. Because Satan is, is constantly attacking him because he's guiding the flock. Um, oh, here, here's a good one. Pastors work more than one day a week. <laughs> they don't just work on Sunday and then they have the rest of the week off. Yeah, yeah, he's laughing on that one. They work more than one day a week, believe it or not. Uh, I, I, the pastor's greatest joy is when his sheep, when they get it, when they get it, when when people understand what the, what the pastor is trying to disciple them to do. Uh, more importantly, when that person receives salvation, pastors love that stuff. They they love it. They love it when when, when people get it. And pastors are rewarded by being invited into a full spectrum of life's big moments. Think about it. While other roles get to be uh, an intimate part of birth, death, what other role, excuse me, what other role can you think of where you can be a part of birth, death, baptism, marriages, salvation, sacred holidays, struggles, and victories? I mean, a physician tends to birth and deaths. Uh, a counselor tends to do struggles and victories, but a pastor has to deal with all that and then some. Amen? So these are just a few things that we want to share uh, uh, to 
help us to understand the important role that our pastor plays. And as we celebrate his birthday today, it's just, uh, we just are excited uh, to be able to uh, reflect upon uh, his love for the, for the Lord, number one, and his love for his people. Amen? Amen. At this time, uh, did you, you just going to? Okay. At the, yeah, at this time, what we'd like to do is, is that, that, Pastor, what we've done is we've uh, come together as a church body and just to show that we love you and we appreciate you and we adore you. Uh, we got you a, a happy birthday gift. It is uh, two tickets to the Senior PGA Championship. Senior PGA Championship. Amen. Amen. Along with the, the card. Because, oh, I forgot one other fact. Pastors love to golf. I, I, get, I probably should have listed that as number one, right? Because pastors love golf. Amen. And we love it. Yes, yes. And we've also provided the, uh, the pastor with a love offering from all of you in the various Sunday school classes uh, as a token of our, our appreciation and our love towards you. We, we love you, preacher. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know who I'm going to take to the senior PGA, <laughs> but I do appreciate that is very good. I, that's awesome. I appreciate that, and I'm blessed. And I don't know how to tell you. Just I'm, I was standing I was with my wife. We were watching the folks while you were singing a while ago. And once you came in, I just uh, just stood even by myself before she came, and I just said, "Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing here." And for the spirit that we have in our church, and I'm, I am truly blessed, and I'm thankful uh, that you've allowed me to be your pastor. And, uh, you know, just thank you very much. I appreciate it. have an offering. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. I do. I'm, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm very seldom am, am I without words, but I am there now. So uh, I, I don't know what else to do except hey, I feel like you felt when I got out, when I was giving you a hard time the other day, you know, uh, but uh, but again, it's good to have the Miller. So I, what I'd like for us to do is we're going to go ahead and receive our offering. We'll pray, and while you're coming, I'm going to ask the Millers to go ahead and come up, and and uh, I want to make sure they have plenty of time. And uh, so, uh, but this afternoon, if you can't make it back at 1:30, then that's fine. I mean, you'll just miss out on some good singing. But we're going to start our service at two. We're going to go right into our two o'clock service. Uh, we'll have a couple songs, congregation. We'll have the Millers back, and then uh, Brother Miller's going to preach for us. But uh, I've asked them to sing for us for about a half an hour today, so have lunch quick and be back. If you, if you don't, you're just going to miss out on a blessing, amen? So, uh, But let's pray and let's ask God for his blessing on our offering. Dear Father, I'm thankful, Lord, today for your goodness to us. Uh, God, you've been uh, uh, good to me, far better than I deserve, and I'm thankful for that today. Thank you for our people. Uh, thank you for all of our 
guests, Lord, that are here today. I pray, God, that uh, when we leave from this place, we'll go away and say it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And so, God, move in our hearts. Lord, if there's somebody here that's not saved, I pray, God, that you speak to their hearts, Lord, and they'll come this morning and trust you as Lord and Savior. So, please, God, help us. Uh, move in hearts. Lord, I pray that you bless his offering. Bless the gift and the giver. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come.
Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, preacher, where are you at? All right. Dismiss the Korean class and children's church. and, the, and All right. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, those that uh, are normally dismissed can be dismissed at this time. Uh, so I guess it was maybe three months ago or so, probably, uh, 
we dropped in on a Wednesday night. You see, Wednesday nights are the barren desert wastelands of missionary deputation. It's hard to get meetings on Wednesdays because, well, everybody knows that's the lowest crowd. And so we had a, we had a free Wednesday. And uh, now I, I knew of your church because preachers father, uh, dad over in Springtown, uh, they support us there. And, and so uh, he had told me about his son and uh, recommended, you know, so rather than call, though, I wanted to come by on a, and introduce ourselves personally, because a personal introduction goes a long way. And so we drove over from Decatur. That's where our church is. We're from Emmanuel Baptist Church in Decatur, Texas. Pastor Lewis Horton sends his greetings and thanks you for having us come in today. Happy birthday, preacher. Uh, I can't imagine a better birthday present than having a missionary in. And Amen. Yeah, that's it. Um, but, but when we came through the doors... I don't know where it came from, because I've nev never done this before, but I came through the door, and uh, I walked up, preacher came and uh, introduced himself, and I said, well, hey, uh, Pastor White, we're the Miller family, we're here for our scheduled meeting, <laughs> and I saw a flash of panic <laughs> and confusion it was momentary, don't get me wrong, he was very, uh, you know, recovered quickly, very composed, but uh, just about as soon as I said it, I said, oh, no, no, just kidding, uh, and again, that was the first time, and so he, uh, I saw then again, I saw the flash of relief, <laughs> and I saw a flash of, you dirty rat, <laughs> All right, I see how it is. And the thing is, that's really not how I am. Uh, but, but the Lord <laughs> led me in that moment. I, and so, you know, all things work together for good and all of that. And so it happened. Well, <clears throat> what goes around comes around. I didn't know who I was messing with. I do now, uh, but anyways, you know, he mentioned something to the fact of, uh, yeah, I'll get you for that, all right, okay, it's on now, so, so, and by the way, that visit was a blessing to us, you, I let us sing a couple songs then, and there's a great spirit here, churches tend to reflect, um, and, 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 the, the character of the preacher, you know. And there's a great spirit here. Uh, loving, warm, friendly, great spirit. And uh, that's, a, that's a testimony to your, uh, your pastor. And, and we felt it when we were here. So it, we were blessed. So preacher was very gracious, very kind, and said we'd like to have you back uh, um, today. So uh, last week... I was, I was in business mode, all right? I was, I was uh, serious and going through, making all my, writing all my letters and sending out the emails and, letting, and I sent an email to pastor to the address that he had given me 
uh, Pastor White, this is Steve Miller. Just to let you know where all systems go. We're excited about Sunday. We're planning to be there. If you have any details or instructions, just let us know. We're standing by. And uh, right after that, I got an email saying, uh, excuse me, have we met? Uh, my name is Pastor Smith from First Church of the Rainbow. I forgot who I was dealing with. I was so focused. And I, I mean, when as soon as I got that, I went into panic mode. And I thought, oh, no, this is the wrong church. What do I do? I, well, okay, I'll give him a call. Email. I must have got it wrong. I'm not, I wasn't thinking. I was just business. And, and so I called uh, the number that he had given me. And he gets on the phone and says, hello, this is Pastor Smith, First Church of the Rainbow. <laughs> Brother, I ate that thing hook, line, and sinker. I mean, I, as m bad as you possibly could think, I was like, oh, sir, I am so sorry. I, I, I'm trying to get a hold of Pastor White at uh, Central Park Baptist Church. And he said something. I, I, I don't know. It was probably the, the, the little giggle. <laughs> and then it hit me. Oh, it dawned on me. And I mean, I, I, I was like, oh, you dirty rat. <laughs> oh, he's like, uh-huh, brother, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a memory, and uh, what goes around comes around. I was like, oh, but preacher, that was good. That was for the record books for in the Miller uh, registry there. Yeah, your church just got its own special place in our memory uh, out of the hundreds of churches we visited. Yeah, we won't forget you brother anytime soon and so thank you this is such a special blessing thank you for having us we're the miller family missionaries of mexico uh going to talk a little bit about that throughout the day and uh, but real quick i, I do want to mention one quick uh matter here that preacher gave me permission so we are going back to mexico and hopefully within the next six to eight months we're at about 80 percent uh, of our support raised, we want to be done by the very beginning part of next year, February, March at the latest. We're asking for prayers and support. Uh, we are raising funds to purchase a property, okay? Standard missionary procedure is you go, you get there, you start in your home, your apartment or whatever, little storefront, you work your way up, you save money, and you slave away, and then you... Uh, uh, but... And that's what we did. As you'll see throughout the day, we did that. And we have a church. There is a church in Mexico to this day now that is a national autonomous. Just what Brother Ewell said a little bit ago, what missionaries do, that's what we do. We're church planning, soul winning, gospel preaching, pounding the pavements, you know, Bible Institute missionaries training those people to serve God and continue the cycle that we ourselves are the product and the fruit of. Amen. Uh, since Jesus uh, gave us the Great Commission. 
Well, um, we understand now. We've been, we were in Mexico 15 years. We know what we're getting into. Uh, we've got a lot of tools and resources in our belt and tool belt and ready to go. Uh, one of the things we're trying to kind of head off a little bit uh, early if we can is to be able to get a property for the church. Now, we're not going to hand everything to the Mexicans on a silver platter. They're going to build their church, all right, brick by brick as long as that takes, but we like to give them a little bit of a head start and pick, purchase a property so that we're not renting and bouncing around from place to place like, like we did seven different locations and every time it affects your church. And so we wanna be able to give them some of that stability. So what we're doing is we are raising funds to be able to purchase a property. Now I like about 5,000 square meters, which is about an acre, but that's a tall order in Querétaro City where we're gonna work uh, with about two million people, uh, we're going to a separate location in town there from where we were before, and uh, it's a growing part, but it's also kind of expensive. It's a prime location where we want to start our next church, and um, so 5,000 square meters or a, just a little bit over an acre, uh, that's what we're asking God for, um, and we're trusting God for, but a, a square meter costs about $100, down there in Mexico. So if you do the math, that's it's pretty expensive. But, and so we're asking God to supply and uh, we are raising funds. Now, just very quickly, I have here a prayer cloth. No, just kidding. Uh, it, <laughs> this, is, uh, this is a special uh, cloth. Yeah, amen. Uh, there's a, uh, this, is, this is a very common item, everyday household item you'll find in any uh, common uh, Mexican home. And there's a dear lady down in Mexico that loves our family, and she made this by hand, and, and she has actually dedicated herself to making these at, for us. And um, we are asking for and asking you to pray. Okay, just asking you to pray about maybe contributing to this land fund to purchase a property, maybe one square meter, maybe uh, that would that's about a hundred dollars. If not that, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Okay, it takes funds uh, to, to 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 promote the ministry, but as a thank you for some anybody who is able and willing. Okay, after you pray about it to. To, to purchase, help us purchase a square meter, we'd like to offer you one of these. Now, they're, each and every one is individual and unique. It's been handmade. There's different colors, different designs, different patterns. Um, they're, they're beautiful. They're practical. You can use them in the kitchen uh, um, and for, you know, your prayer, prayer devotions and, and all of that. <laughs> Just to remember the Miller family by, oh man, hey, I bought a, I bought a, 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 a square meter. I wish it was an acre. If you, if the Lord leads you to buy an acre down in Mexico, brother, praise God, you see me after the service. But, um, huh? Well, you can have all the cloths, amen. <laughs> Um, but uh, this is just a way to th thank, say thank you if, if the Lord allowed you to do that. Now, preacher gave me permission to mention that, and I don't want to uh, overdo it, but do pray for Mexico, okay? Mexico is a, is a wonderful land with some of the sweetest people, hardest working people you'll ever find. We were talking in Sunday school. They're so humble, so sincere, simple folk, 
A lot of them don't have power, electricity, running water. Some, some of the deepest poverty you'll find is down in Mexico. Any city you go to, even the big cities, they've got their, there's, there's elements of wealth, but there's a lot of poverty as well. It's a, it's a land of contrasts. It's a land of extremes. Um, it's a land that we've seen in the news a lot lately. It's our closest neighbor to the south. What happens in Mexico affects Texas. Um, uh, there, there's a lot of problems. Uh, the devil hates Mexico. He hates this world. It, there's a lot of corruption in the government. There's poverty. Um, there's a lot of violence and uh, the drug traffic trade, cartels. You've seen that in the news. And it's, those are real elements. A lot of it's sensationalized. Um, you can go and live in Mexico and have a peaceful existence. And, um, but, if, of course, if you're serving the Lord, the devil's going to fight you. Uh, especially, but but the, I'm here this morning on behalf of Mexico, on behalf of the Lord who loves Mexico. And I want to try to transmit this burden, this compassion, this passion, this vision that we have to your church today. Uh, the problem in Mexico is not lack of money or corruption or pollution or any number of things. It's it is religion. And that's really the big problem around the world, okay? Because uh, outside of biblical Christianity, uh, the, all of the religions of the world promote a works-based right. salvation right. that uh, does nothing but leave people empty and confused, all right? Um, Striving to fulfill a list of do's and don'ts and sacraments and uh, can do's and can't do's and whatnot. Folks, religion is killing Mexico. The Catholic, Roman Catholicism. In a little while when we show our video at some point throughout the day, you'll see people on their knees crawling like animals with their pant legs rolled up just so they can get the full force of the gravel and the cobblestone walkways into their skin and feel that intense pain as they try to appease and earn brownie points with God and crawling towards a statue there, an idol, to hopefully just be able to brush up against the feet of that idol and maybe get sprinkled with some holy water, you know, and crisscrossing themselves. And all of these religions, it's motions. It's empty, ladies and gentlemen. It doesn't save. And if you ask 99% people out of 100, hey, how are you going to get to heaven? Do you know? Can you know? They're going to tell you, no, 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 no. I, I, no, I don't know. Nobody knows, really. I don't think anybody can know, right? Just do your best. Try hard. And hope maybe, maybe you'll, you'll make it. All right? Well, I, I, listen, I, that's a horrible way to live. Amen. Uh, I'm thankful that, that I had some preachers and teachers in my life and a mama and, you know, family and uh, network of people that told me about the gospel. And I got saved when I was seven years old. Praise the Lord. Um, what a blessing 
to know, but, but down there in Mexico, ladies and gentlemen, folks, it's, it's, uh, there's a great, great need. Now, I'm happy to tell you that of all the mission fields around the world, really Mexico is right up there with one of the, the most fruitful. I mean, we're talking open doors. It's close, and, and they're, 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 the people are open. I mean, they, under, they understand that something is missing, all right? They're, they're, so they're receptive, and, and uh, God has called us. In fact, he called me at a missions conference when I was in my early 20s, after, right at, soon after I graduated Bible college, and he called me to Mexico, and I, I've seen the, the need, all right? And, and we were privileged. I, my wife is a third-generation missionary, born and raised in Mexico. She's a little, I knew her when she was a little senorita, right? And uh, speaking that Spanish, you know, and I, uh, uh, she impressed me then. But man, let me tell you, after 21 years of marriage and having our eight children, you talk about amazed. She's an amazing woman, amen. We've been privileged to serve the Lord together as a family. For 15 years, we labored in Mexico primarily in the state and the city, capital city of Querétaro. Querétaro is a central city, two million people. It's an industrial, a lot of factories, a lot of industry um, growing. It's booming. But, uh, but they need the gospel. It, you know, it's just two hours outside of Mexico City to the north. So if you travel down the highway to, to Laredo and cross over at Laredo, you'll drive, keep, just drive on the main highway through, Me through Monterey, down past Saltillo, down past San Luis Potosí, and then you'll come to Querétaro. It means the land of boulders. It means the land of big rocks. Let me tell you something. A, a, a heart that has been hardened by sin, uh, I, we've got a gospel, amen, that is like a hammer that can break the hardest heart. It, it's like a flame that can melt the, melt the hardest heart. And, uh, and, and I'm thankful to say that we, for 12 years in that city, we, we had a church. We planted a church, and it was a long, slow process, bouncing around here and there and learning and, and growing slowly but surely until it finally reached the point where we had a man who was able to take over the church. And that church is there. They're there right now this morning having church, singing God's praises, you know, just like we sing. Uh, and, and what a blessing be able to serve the Lord. Well, we had to leave Mexico for a few years due to finances. Our family outgrew our support. It was uh, we hit, uh, hit some discouraging times, and uh, God, we had to come off the field and regroup a little bit. But two years ago, well, two and a half years ago, before COVID, just before COVID, we started deputation to return. Uh, so we were raising a sustainable, livable amount of support for our large family of 10, now, Stephen, our oldest, he's 20, and uh, he is out of uh, high school. He's in, actually in, enrolled in an online Bible college, doing well, second, uh, third year, second, third year. And uh, he's our oldest. He wants to work with us down in Mexico, and I'm very honored. I'm a blessed man to have the children that we have and being able to serve God together. Um, and then, so, uh, but pray for Stephen. He, he needs uh, he, he's seeking God's will uh, in certain particular areas. And, uh, and then Abigail, our, our second oldest, she's also a, a college age. She's taking some music classes and things. She's our fiddle player. And, 
And uh, anyways, Elizabeth going on down the line. She's a senior this year. Benjamin, we got Levi. Caleb is, and I, I think, oh, Caleb is here. Caleb is here, right here on the front. Yep, sorry, buddy. And then from there, uh, let's see, it's uh, just Joshua and Isaac. Did I forget anybody? Okay, Joshua and I. Anyways, um, we're on deputation. We're from Emmanuel Baptist Church, and we are so thankful to be here today. And that is about as quick as I can go. Um, if you have any questions throughout the day, let us know. Get a prayer card. And uh, we are excited to be here and just thrilled to talk about Mexico. Any questions you may have, we may speak a little bit more about that. We'll show the video here in a little bit. But let's hurry up and get into this. If you would, please turn, uh, turn in your Bible to, to the book of, hmm, how do we want to do this? Ephesians chapter number two. I will go quickly. Brace yourselves. Buckle up. Amen. Preacher said that y'all are used to good preaching, good hard preaching. Is that the case? Yes. See, 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 Senor. Okay. Yes. Let's stand. We'll read the Word of God. Ephesians chapter number two. Uh, verses, uh, we'll just read the first 13 verses. I'll go quickly. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. The Word of God, King James Bible says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation uh, in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. By the way, if you're in church, you're in a heavenly place. Amen. It's good to sit and be in church. That's a heavenly place. And that says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Whew. Do you remember that time? Do you remember what it was like? But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off 
are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Amen. Hey, are you saved this morning? Are you lost? Think about this, folks, what it means to be lost, what it means to be saved. Heavenly Father, we need you this morning. I pray you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit. God bless each and every one of your precious children gathered here today. Thank you for Pastor White, uh, for this good church, Lord. Uh, we ask that you would speak to hearts. Help me, Lord, to be filled with your spirit and to preach with wisdom and clarity, uh, God, and uh, help us to grow, be better Christians, children, for your honor and glory. We give you all the praise for it, Lord. You're so worthy. Uh, we just can't even, we can't even begin to thank you and praise you enough, we, but we do love you. God, if there's somebody without Christ here this morning, I pray that they would get saved before it's too late. We ask and pray now in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Ladies and gentlemen, there are only two kinds of people in the world. Those who are with God and Christ and those who are without God, as the Bible clearly mentions here in our text, those who are saved and those who are lost. All right. Now, those who are saved are are saved by trusting in Christ. They have trusted in Christ and his atoning sacrifice. Those who are lost are lost because they have rejected him. Uh, up to this point. Now, every person is in one of these two classes. There's no middle ground. There's no halfway. There's no in between. Uh, the Bible uses the term lost in multiple places. For example, in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, the Bible says, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Um, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, it says, But if our, if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, and boy is it glorious, who is the image of God should shine unto them. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before you got saved, if you are saved, and praise the Lord for it, hey, you were conceived and born in sin. And before you got saved, you were lost. You were without God and without Christ, amen, um, and that, spiritually lost, spiritually, positively not probably, not potentially, not presumably, not partially, not maybe, not might be, not could be, but definitely lost. Not almost, but absolutely and assuredly lost, folks. And, and, and I don't think people really understand what that means and what how much of a dire predicament that is i believe it's very difficult if not impossible for the human mind to 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 be capable of fully understanding what it means to be without god to be lost but god knows and he's tried in his word to give us a, just a, a little bit of an idea a little bit of a glimpse of what it means by a whole bunch of different statements and passages throughout Scripture. 
Amen. And, and to be lost is to be against Jesus. I mean, those who are lost, those who are without God and without Christ, they are rejectors of his truth. They doubt the virgin birth. They mock his miracles. They deny his deity. They scorn his sacrifice. They reject his resurrection. They hate him. And since they hate him, they hate his followers those without Christ, for the things of God are foolishness to them. They resist the Holy Spirit always. They're incapable of anything spiritual. They are as accustomed to doing evil as the leopard is to his spots. And uh, folks, their righteousnesses are as filthy rags. They derive pleasure in unrighteousness. They're utterly consumed with, in, and by sin, immersed in ignorance, enveloped in error, they are slaves to sin and to self. They are captives to the world, children of the devil. Satan is their father, master, and king. They don't seek God. They don't care anything for his will. They have all wandered astray as lost sheep in the wilderness. Having hard hearts, they are morally and spiritually bankrupt. No good thing dwells in them. They are dead spiritually and dying physically, soon to be dead eternally, separated from God, recipients of the just reward that they deserve, the wages of their sin that they have rightfully earned and accumulated, folks, without Christ. These are just, is just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, we're just getting started, all right? We really don't have time to flesh it all out, but, folks, they are contaminated every area of their life, the mind, the emotions, the will. They think sinfully. By the way, this is exactly how I was before I got saved, amen, they feel sinfully, they choose to act and to live sinfully, foolish, rebellious. These are words that the Bible describes, uses to describe wicked, wretched, transgressors, disobedient, vile, cursed, and perverse. Folks, their hearts are filled with evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murderers, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, Deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Folks, lives filled with fear, hopelessness, anxiety, bitterness, anger, malice, oppression, doubt, depression, loneliness, sorrow, lust, confusion, blindness, hunger, thirst, weakness, sickness, emptiness, unfulfillment, unreached potential, shame, folks, stuck in the muck of a horrible pit and mired in the mud of misery, ladies and gentlemen, they are without Christ dead in their trespasses and sins, walking according to the course of this world, as we read in our text. They love darkness rather than light. Their minds are twisted. Their reasoning is backwards and upside down, so much so that wrong is right, evil is good, lies are truth, and truth is a lie. Sound familiar? 
folks, hey, they're blind and think they can see. They are dead and think they are alive. They are captive and think they are free. They are helpless and think they can do anything. They're without understanding and think they know everything. They are bound for hell and think they're on their way to heaven. Folks, listen, unjust, unrighteous, ungodly, unforgiven, unredeemed, unreconciled, uninhabited by the Spirit, and unknown to God, unable to please Him, and under the command, care, custody, and control of the devil. Folks, we we got to move. Folks, listen. Hey, there's no real peace There's no real love, no joy, no hope, no contentment, no satisfaction, no security, no rest. They're poor and miserable. They're tired and troubled. They may be religious, but they're still without Christ. They may be good, uh, but they're still without Christ. They might be decent and nice and moral. They may be friendly, but they're still without Christ. They may be cordial and courteous and polite, and they may be diligent and dedicated, devoted, disciplined, but they're still without Christ, ladies and gentlemen. They're guilty, reserved unto the day of judgment to be punished. Rushing rapidly, rashly, and recklessly on the broad way that leads to destruction, hurriedly hustling and hastily hurtling headlong towards hell. This is what it means to be lost. And that's the tip of the iceberg. But let me just say this, folks. <laughs> it's one thing to be without Christ, but it's. Folks, what, what, are, what are we doing as missionaries? And may I just encourage you this morning, what are you doing as a church in one of the most populated metropolitan, metroplex areas of the country? You have the privilege, 15 minutes, 20 max from the downtown Dallas. All right? Folks, God has called us to reach out And bring out people from without and get them into within. In Christ. Amen. And that whole that makes the big difference, ladies and gentlemen, because when a soul, when a soul gets saved, hallelujah, folks. When, the, when, when, when a person believes that and accepts and receives the free gift of God, amen, and the Holy Spirit moves into that life of the new believer and applies the blood of Jesus to every single solitary sorry sin, past, present, and future, washes them all away, that dark, black, evil stain of sin is removed as far as the east is from the west, and the soul is cleansed and washed as white as snow in the blood of Jesus and all transgressions are blotted out gone forever and all fault is forgiven and forgotten the charges are dismissed the criminal is exonerated the accused is acquitted and all error is eliminated eradicated exterminated and expunged ladies and gentlemen folks there is nothing better than being saved and born again and probably the next best thing is showing that somebody else how to be saved and watching them come out of without and get into within 
That's what we're here for. Ladies and gentlemen, hold oh, us when the burden is lifted and the soul is passed from death unto life and darkness turns to light and the nature is changed, folks. That hunger is satisfied. The thirst is satiated. The, the broken is made whole. The lost is found, my brother. The lame is made to walk. The blind is given sight. The sick is healed. The prisoner is set free. Oh, folks, old things are passed away. And all things are become new. And God becomes owner. Jesus becomes savior. The body becomes a temple. The Holy Ghost indwells the new believer, seals the soul, gives guidance and confers comfort and confidence to the new believer, folks, and he becomes complete in Christ. There's nothing like it. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing. Folks, to be saved, born again, justified, the wall of division between God and self is removed and fellowship with God is restored and peace with God is achieved and grace and pardon are given and mercy and forgiveness are received folks and power is received to become a son of God and you get adopted into God's family and Jehovah God becomes Abba Father Woo! and a new name is written down in glory hallelujah the Lamb's book of life gets added to the kingdom of God is enlarged and that person, that soul becomes a genuine, authentic, I like real stuff, amen. 100% guaranteed, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. No question, true blue, through and through, hot off the press, extra, extra, read all about it. Brand spanking, shiny new, honest to goodness, absolutely, positively, Child of God and a validated, verified, bonafide, certified citizen of heaven. Oh, and you wonder how, why there's joy in the presence of the angels when a soul gets born again. This is why we do what we do. This is why your preacher does what he does. By the way, brother, you, I want a copy of that. About all the preacher pastor stuff. I don't let me forget. Because that's why he does what he does. And that's why we do what we do. But that's why you ought to do what you do. You see, you're not here to have a job and and earn money <coughs> and raise a family. Hey, listen, those are all means to an end. God gave you your family, He gave you your health, He gave you your job as resources. To, 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 to propagate the gospel, to make an impact, to make a difference. That's what I want to do, amen, uh, uh, through Christ, amen, in me. I, I can't do it alone, and it's not about me, but it's about Jesus. Because, folks, this is, this is the real deal. Folks, oh, man, listen, sick folk rejoice when they get well. But there ain't, ain't no rejoicing like the rejoicing in heaven when a soul gets saved. Debtors rejoice when the debt gets paid. But there is no, that's no rejoicing like the rejoicing in heaven when a soul gets saved. Nations rejoice when they're triumphant in battle. Students and teachers rejoice when the last day of school is over. Couples rejoice when they fall in love and get married. Farmers rejoice when the harvest is reaped. 
Teams celebrate when they win the championship. Families rejoice when a child is born. Churches rejoice when the preacher finishes his sermon. But there's no rejoicing like the rejoicing in heaven when a soul gets saved. Amen. But hey, listen, when a soul gets saved, you better watch out. Because the devil gets mad, stinking mad as a hornet, madder than a one-legged waitress at IHOP, madder than a mosquito in a mannequin factory. He hates Christians. He hates God. And he hates it when people get saved, folks. And so you're going to have a fight on your hands. Amen. The devil's going to, he's going to send all of his honchos, hoodlums, heathen uh, uh, helpers. To, 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 he's going to come after you. He's going to go after that little baby in Christ. Amen. And get ready because it's not going to be easy. There will be some hard times. I mean, there will be some fatigue and there's going to be battles, folks. And it's not going to be easy, folks. There's going to be attacks, ridicule, insult, criticism, scoffing, scorn, disparaging, disdain, demoralizing, derision. Folks, uh, there'll be temptations. There'll be heartache. There'll be struggles. There'll be storms and sacrifices, fatigue and weariness. There may even be danger. But, oh, listen, when you get saved, you get born into a great big family. Family, a happy, helpful family with lots of sisters and brothers and fathers and mothers. Amen. It's a wonderful family. It's closer than blood. It's a kind and caring family. It's a loving and sharing family. Hallelujah. But, mm, well, you got to wind her down. When you get saved, you get out of without and into within. You are placed in and kept in the Father's hand. And no man, no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I'm talking about preserved until the end, folks, because you've been born by blood. And Christ will in no wise cast him out. He will never leave him or forsake him. Amen. That's why we do what we do. And when a soul gets saved, Christ is one more, one soul closer to coming. Even so come Lord Jesus. I want him to come back so bad. But at the same time, I know that as soon as he does, that's going to close the door. That's going to close the door on a lot of people. A lot of people that I love. People that I do not know, but but somebody loves them. God loves them. Folks, why don't we do more to reach souls? Why don't we care more? Why don't we pray more? Why don't we give more? I'm telling you right now, all around you, there's people that are waiting to get saved. They don't know it yet, but they're waiting to be witnessed to by you. Searching with all their heart. Seeking that pearl of great price. Folks, right now, the need, need is greater than ever. 
the need for souls to get saved, the need for laborers to go out into the fields that are white already under harvest, the need for servants to serve, the need for ambassadors to go, the need for messengers to proclaim, the need for watchmen to warn, and the need for soul winners to win souls. What are we going to do about it? They're there. They're closer than you think. And they're readier than you think. And I bet you there's somebody right now that God put on your heart that you know they're, they're without God. Are you in? Are, are you in the Lord tonight, this morning? If so, what are we going to do to get more people in? Let's pray, bow our heads, close our eyes. Thank you for your patience, your attention. Every head bowed, and every eye closed, nobody looking around. My friend, God loves you. Jesus died for you on the cross. He shed his blood. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. Because he loves you and he wants to save you from your sins. And the Bible says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. My friend, do you know for sure? Ask yourself this question. On behalf of the Lord, I ask you, between you and the Lord, do you know for sure if and when you die that you're going to heaven? You say, Brother Miller, I do not know for sure that I'm going to heaven. My friend, I, I, I love you and I want to pray for you. I'm not asking you at this time to do anything other than slip your hand up and slip it right back down as you say brother miller i need the lord pray for my soul i'm not saved or i I don't think i'm saved or i don't know if i'm saved would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down brother miller pray for me pray for me in my lost condition i do not know for sure if i'm saved or i don't think i'm saved but i don't want to die and go to hell I, i like to be saved before it's too late would you slip your hand up put it up put it right back down Put it up, put it right back down. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. All right, God's children, folks, we need to to be busy about our Father's business. It's time to get busy. It's time to get real. It's time to get serious. Somebody would say, Brother Miller, I needed that this morning. God spoke to me. There's something in my life that I could do better. Maybe it's just winning souls, being a better testimony better witness and say God spoke to me would you slip your hand up quickly put it right back down you needed that message today God bless you amen you needed that you needed that raise your hand if you didn't need it don't raise your hand all right heads bowed eyes closed let's stand to our feet quietly nobody looking around God heavenly father bless this invitation for your honor and glory we need you today we place ourselves in your in your hand Do a mighty work in this church. Bless each and every family, every person, every person that raised their hands, that needs you this morning. God, may we all do business with with you today in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, you need the Lord today. I encourage you to come down to the old-fashioned altar and do business with God. That's right. You come on down. Do not waste time. Do not resist the Holy Spirit. Just step out. Do do business with God. Pray pray for that person that you know needs the Lord. Say, I've prayed for years. Pray again. Say, I don't think it could be me. Pray for somebody else. 
thing he said. It's right in here.